Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Now, we got no problems hearing that music this morning. Good morning, everybody. A victorious Wednesday here on Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys. A well-rested Jody McDonald. All right, I'm rubbing salt in the wounds here a little bit. There's a hard-working John McMullen who is down at Lincoln Financial Field till after 1 a.m. Oh, I was in bed by 12-something, 12-10, 12-15, somewhere thereabouts. Uh, so, Johnny Mac, appreciate you getting up this morning. Come on, it's got to be at least a little pep in your step with the way the Eagles played last night. Uh, no, man, there is no pep in the step, but I'm here. I'm, I'm manufacturing the energy as they say um yeah i i mean i'm a little bit tired of uh covid football as i like to call it That's over true. the last two days really um so hopefully we get back to some normalcy from an nfl standpoint um obviously not from a societal standpoint that's not going to happen anytime soon but look the eagles uh took care of business they had a sloppy start which I don't think it's all that surprising. I thought we said that was a possibility yesterday. I mean, hadn't played a football game in 16 days. The quarterback hadn't played in another week on top of that, so 23 days. And they were sloppy. And if they weren't sloppy, it would have been really uh, a blowout from the standpoint of, of they they just handled their business, man. And they probably did the best job of, the teams facing the the COVID issue teams because we mentioned Las Vegas struggled with Cleveland, um, Minnesota struggled with Chicago. I didn't get to see the Rams and the Seahawks, but it seemed like there was um, much of a struggle. So maybe you would argue them as well, the Rams. Um, you know, but they were close for a while, and they typically shouldn't be against that team. Um, Eagles dominated this game. I mean, the, the, the offensive pr- production other than points, which they got to 27, which is fine. But, you know, when you look at 500 plus yards and Oh, by the way, 238 yards rushing, um, should have been more points other than that though, pretty good. I, I'm sure people will nitpick about the defense, but um, <laughs> NFL 237 yards, yeah, well, you know, it doesn't, you don't do much better than that in the modern NFL. So I don't know. What were your nitpicks, Jody? Seven straight games of over 175 yards hasn't happened since the 85 Bears says enough <laughs> that this team is a phenomenal rushing team right now with the offensive line who oh by the way let's not forget don't have brandon brooks don't have isaac samalu last night didn't have landon dickerson so they're down their top three guards and four jack driscoll four okay they were down to five and six put driscoll into the mix and you just plug and play and they rush for over 200 yards 
that's how good their offensive line is. That's how good a job Stoutland has done with this group. But I want to focus in on the quarterback this morning because, yeah, I'm like you, like everybody else. We're all on Twitter, and we follow who we follow. And there were some people that were ready to put Gardner Minshew in that game last night. When Jalen Hurts throws the pick, which, oh, by the way, are, are you even fault. going to blame for I mean, one little yeah. iota that that pick on Jalen Hurts? He couldn't have put the ball in a better spot for Dallas Goddard, who drops it, watches it go off his heel, pop up in the air, and it ends up as a pick. I know it goes down on Jalen Hurts' record as an INT, but that wasn't his fault a little bit. The fumble was a bad play, and he got reamed out on the sidelines by Nick Sirianni because he didn't put the ball away, and he should have. If he's shaking off Russ, well, that's on him. He's got to be ready to play the football game. But after that, the guy was stone-cold dominant. He threw for almost 300 yards. Do you know how hard it is to throw for 300 yards when your team is rushing for over 200? That just doesn't happen in the NFL. You don't put up 500 yards in a game. And he was the quarterback of the team that put up 500 games. He throws for 77% on his completion rate. 77. That's phenomenal. His quarterback rating was over 100. His yards per attempt which is the way they measure quarterbacks. It's not yards per throw, it's yards per attempt. His yards per attempt, 11 and change, 11.4. Johnny Mack, this week, NFL. Who's got the best yards per attempt in the NFL? Jalen Hurts, numero uno. Only two quarterbacks in the league threw for more yards than he did. Jimmy G by about two or three yards. And Mahomes, who went for 400 because he's Patrick Mahomes. Other than that, he had more yardage than anybody else in the National Football League. You add in two more rushing touchdowns, which gave him 10 for the year, which is the Eagles' now all-time record for most ever by a quarterback in a season. Yeah, this was the QB. You know I talked about it since, shoot, whatever, last Monday. So what if the hypothetical question of if they got off to a slow start, you got the halftime, what does Sirianni do? Well, he took that out of the mix. After falling behind 10 to nothing, getting them to 10 to 10 by half, the conversation was over and done with. He came out in the second half and put the game away. Yeah, I know that Miles Sanders had a career day, and he was great. And Jordan Howard comes Everybody back. He had a career day. Dallas Goddard had a career day. Miles Sanders had a career day. And Dallas had the two drops. Imagine if he didn't have the two drops. Yeah. What kind of day he would have had. Um yeah, I mean, they dominated from an offensive perspective. Anytime you get 519 yards, that's going to be the story. And they did it. You know, the most impressive part about Jalen Hurts, and you're right. I mean, look, I'm not a stat guy. We all know I'm not a stat guy. I try to point out the context all the time. That interception is a perfect example. Now, that's on his record forever. People are going to forget about it. People forgot about it two seconds after. As you said, they're talking about benching him. That's not his fault. That's not remotely his fault. And it it gets lost in the wash and everybody. But the most impressive thing about Jalen Hurts to me last night, Jody, not the numbers as you pointed out, he got other people involved. For the first time since they made this shift to be this running team, which we'll talk about plenty as well, because that is just unbelievable. You mentioned the 1985 Bears. Well, when you think about the 85 Bears in their rushing game, what's the first thing you think about, Jody? Walter Payton. One of the greatest running backs who ever lived. Uh, arguably, you could put him number one, and 
you know, most people would say Jim Brown, but they're not going to. He belongs in the conversation. One of the greatest running backs who ever lived. They're doing this with a, a committee and a, a guy they bring up from the practice squad at the beginning of it, Jordan Howard. I mean, what they're doing in the running game is amazing. But Jalen Rager gets involved. We talk about your guy, Greg Ward. I saw the excitement for for not only Greg Ward, but Jody McDonald and Paul Domowicz, and he's finally involved, and he's finally and he gets the touchdown to essentially seal the game. Quez Watkins gets involved. Just little things. Jack Stoll gets a reception, gets, you know, banged up on it. But getting other people besides Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith involved, it had been for weeks and weeks and weeks when Jalen Hurts was out there. When you did throw the ball, it was going to be to those two guys or you weren't going to have any effectiveness. And maybe a rewind back to the Jets game and you see what Gardner Minshew did and you see his ability to get other people involved. And maybe Jalen Hurts did sit back and learn something from that and understands, okay, I got to, I got to, you know, I got to pick it up when it comes to that aspect of his, of my game. And we'll see if it continues, but he was great, man. He was great. That, you know, he played his worst game against the Giants. This was, Arguably his best game. Best game, yeah, I agree. Uh, he put up great numbers. He put up great feel. And oh, by the way, I do want to uh, follow up on your uh, Greg Ward point. Uh, not only did he get the game salt away touchdown in that drive, you're right about uh, Rager. Stoll had a catch. Watkins had a catch. Rager had a very good catch and run after to get him in position to be able to get the touchdown. The Ward grab. Because, you know, I got ticked off a couple weeks ago against the Giants. Oh, Greg Ward dropped that touchdown pass. He was fully extended in the air, was off his fingertips. It was a really tough play to make, and ooh, it was a drop. I don't know about that. He did more drop one in the end zone last night in the first half. But the touchdown grab was phenomenal. So you're right. He spread it around. No Goddard, no Smith on the game-winning touchdown uh, drive, which Gregor's got to get credit for. And the thing about Greg Ward, the touchdown was great. And uh, Lane Johnson picking him up and lifting him to high heaven up toward the what <laughs> used to be the 700 level of the bed was phenomenal. Did you see the celebration after he got his catch in the first half down the sidelines? Half of the team came over to, like, give him a high five or hug him because he made a nice catch and run down the sidelines where he stepped out of bounds. He got nine yards on the play. It wasn't a game-changing play. It was a good play. It was a nice play. Kept the ball moving. But, you know, like 11 teammates came over to congratulate him on the catch. That's how much they appreciate this kid, Greg Ward. Why he hasn't been part of the offense over the last six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever length you want to go back still boggles my mind. I think Sirianni gets a ton of credit for putting this game plan together. Stoutland gets a lot of credit. Credit goes all around with the Eagles and their offense last night, but I'll still wonder why Greg Ward somehow got in somebody's doghouse and hasn't been a contributor when he can help this football team win. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, they obviously they want to get, and and maybe you see the manifestation of that, and, you know, Jalen Rager, maybe at some point the, the light bulb goes off and, you know, you saw on the, the, the wide receiver screen play that set up the touchdown, you know, he's going North South instead of, you know, 
false step. And, and the minute you take a false step in the NFL, you're done, basically. I mean, if you're going east-west and you're trying to get up the field on that type of play. Um, and there was too much hesitation. And, you know, they took the kick return uh, part of it away from him and gave it to Kenny Gainwell and, and gave him a step back from that standpoint. I don't know. You get him some confidence and, and maybe it, it manifests into something. Uh, with his speed and his explosion and that type of thing. And then you have Quez Watkins and his obvious speed. And they want more speed on the field. And they've said that. Doug Peterson said that. Nick Sirianni said that. But, you know, it's nice to have speed on the field, but you need efficiency as well with that speed. And 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 hopefully uh, they took the first step to getting that with Jalen Rager. And maybe he becomes a contributor down the stretch of the season. It would make things a lot easier for that offense as a whole. Uh, but, yeah, not many complaints. I mean, 519 yards, you'll take that every single week. Uh, you could throw it at will. You could pass it at will. Again, perfect example. Miles Sanders, career high in rushing. He missed it by two, his career high. Uh, against the Jets pre-buy. So all of a sudden, Miles is is consistently putting up numbers. Uh, Dallas Goddard, career-high receiving yards after setting his career-high receiving yards against the Jets. So again, back-to-back games. Um, Pretty good. Pretty good. And and if Dallas didn't have the two drops, you know, he's he's caught he had seven receptions for 135 yards and nine targets he would have been nine of nine went up to two drops and Jalen Hurts would have been 22 of 26 <laughs> which he had a 77 percent I think is just one tick off his best ever the NFL he would have had it if uh, Dallas had been able to hold on to those two balls and oh by the way wipe the INT off the slate which would have helped greatly as well all right you asked me about my nitpicking all right here comes the nitpicking the Eagles' defensive line up the middle was dominant last night. Both Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave were in uh, Greg Gilbert's all night long. He actually didn't play that badly, if you ask me, for a guy who's been on the team like 20 minutes to go in. He stuck in there and and threw in the face of uh, a pretty good pressure on almost every single pass that he had. But the Eagles got tremendous pressure up the middle from those two guys. Fletch had a big game. Hargrave was great. Where were the Eagle defensive ends? Because I watched, <laughs> went back and watched it afterwards. And not only was Fletcher Cox being doubled, Hargrave was being doubled. They were doubling both of the defensive tackles, and they were still getting there to Gilbert. That's how good they played, which means both of the defensive ends had to be single cover. I had to be single block. They never got d- d- doubled. Was Josh Sweat there at the game last night? I'm not sure. Because yeah. I didn't see him. Montez make a play. got the better of the sweat battle. Yeah. Uh, not, not even not even close. Yeah. And and Derek Barnett got a tackle because he fell on a guy who fell down. And he got one nice play where he made Gilbert throw the ball. He clipped his heel and he got him to throw it out to the sidelines on a play that they lost two yards anyway. But that was it. Where was their defensive end? That's the way you're supposed to get to the quarterback is uh, from outside pressure. The defensive uh, front, the two middle guys are supposed to collapse the pocket, make the quarterback move into the defensive end. 
They did none of that last night. If the two tackles hadn't had their game, Gilbert could have had an even bigger game than he did. Kudos to Fletcher and to Hargrave, but where the hell were the defensive ends? Yeah, Fletcher was tremendous, especially. Um, that was probably his best game of the season. Um, as far as dominating the game, sort of like, I don't want to say the old Fletcher Cox, but what people expect uh, from Fletcher Cox. Um, yeah, I agree with you. The defensive ends didn't uh, produce, and that's where you hear I mean, you hear it every week. You know, why aren't they blitzing? Why aren't they blitzing? But, you know, you should be able to uh, get home. And, again, I go back to Chicago the night before. If you can get home with four and cover, especially with – with some issues, you can do a lot of things. And that was obviously their plan because uh, Washington was uh, affected on the offensive line as well. I, I will say they were, you know, down Brandon Sheriff's who the, their best offensive line in, interior down to their third or fourth center interior. So that might explain somewhat why Fletcher and, and, and Javon, had such a big game. Um, yeah, but the defensive ends didn't uh, produce as you would hope if you're paying that much attention. And that's why also why Washington double teamed so much because they knew they were down, um, you know, their best player and they had to help the young guys. But I look at it from the other standpoint. And again, oh, the Eagles are down to their fifth and sixth offensive guards. And they find a way to obviously run block, but then pass protect as well uh, for the most part. They had some issues. Jonathan Allen obviously um, got Sua a couple times on the pass rush um, and Montez Sweat. And that was really that, – that fumble was Jalen Hurts' problem, and that's why I heard such an earful from Nick Sirianni coming off the field. Um but yeah, I agree with you. If you want to, they they certainly weren't uh, making splash plays out there, and they needed to to get more pressure on on Garrett Gilbert. And the one thing I would say about Garrett Gilbert is he hung in there, man. He 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 would stay in the pocket and he would take it. Quarterbacks in the NFL tend to be really tough, but he he did not uh, waver when the pass rush did get there. Uh, but he just you know. He doesn't have the talent, and he's certainly not even in the system long enough to do much. And the Eagles played it safe and took advantage of that. And I give Garrett Gilbert credit for toughness. Yeah, a couple of times he got rid of the ball, and you could see the hit that he was taking thereafter. Uh, good for him. And it couldn't have worked out better from an Eagles perspective. Uh, they get a much-needed win, as we said yesterday here on the show. You probably couldn't call it a must-win but it was damn close to it, and I got it. And there were a couple of things that could have been better. There were a couple of things that were outstanding, and we are now just four days away from a giant team coming here to town who do not look like they can beat anybody. But they didn't look like they could beat anybody <laughs> three weeks ago when they did beat yeah, the Eagles. But they even look less uh, likely to beat anybody at this point. Uh, so all the hand-wringing, Jody. Oh, we were getting screwed. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that went right out the window. Yeah, come on. This is, you know, 
you never want to play on a short week because it's the NFL. You don't want to do it from a physical standpoint. You don't want to do it from a preparation standpoint. But, man, you're in the middle of a playoff race, and, you know, how many games has Miami won in a row, Jody? Uh, they were one and seven, and then that, and they are now seven and seven, so six in a row. Six in a row. New Orleans has got to deal with a team that has won six in a row and is red hot. Um, I believe I know the Vikings play the. I think the Rams are first, uh, and then they play the Packers. So they got to deal with Cooper Cup, and people are talking about him like an MVP candidate. And you get Garrett Gilbert. And either Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm in a five-day span, and you're wringing your hands? Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Enjoy it. Very true. And, oh, by the way, uh, even if you have to face Taylor Heineke in uh, uh, 10 days from now, guess what? He's still Taylor Heineke. (laughs) It's not like a Hall of Famer is coming back off the COVID list to take over the quarterbacking duties for the uh, Washington football team. All right, uh, Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Appreciate your tuning in. If you like the Eagles win last night, you can like us too. Hit that like button, <laughs> like, follow, share. Do it all with us here on Birds 365. That's what Jeff Kerr will do. He's coming up next on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. 
a catastrophic injury while working on the job, a personal injury from someone else's negligence, turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Get Mac and Mac. John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We have one of our favorite contributors. He hops into the co-host chair when we need him. He jumps aboard as a guest when we call him. We thank Jeff Kerr for coming aboard. Uh, JK, where were you watching last night's Eagles game? So I didn't actually get to watch the first three quarters of the game. I got home from the basketball team I coach. I got home around the fourth quarter. So I stayed up till about three, four in the morning re-watching the football game. And yeah, the first quarter was pretty ugly, but after that, they just seemed to dominate. It, it was a I'll say it, it was an it was a very impressive win for them. Um, what do you take from Nick Sirianni, coach to coach, Jeff Kerr? Ooh, I'll tell you what. Um, I love the whole Darius Slay coming in on offense there a little bit. Yeah, but, how about that? I said Darius, I got fined when I asked Nick Sirianni about yeah, that. It, it, what, what did he tell you to call him? Big play Slay? Yeah, Slay. Well, everybody. I mean, that's my fault. Slay always corrects you. If you say Darius, he says Slay. He doesn't like to be called Darius. So that oh. was my fault. Oh, I, you know, I hear that too. I'm usually called Kerr instead of Jeff or whatever. <laughs> he wants to be called Slay. Darius. <laughs> Darius. Yeah. So I'll tell you what. I really like how Nick Sariani ran a lot of 21 personnel race. Last night, did a little bit of 13 personnel, mixed that in there. I love how he embraces this as a running football team. We can run the football, and let's see if you can stop us. And Washington just had no answer for that team. I, I can't believe people were so up in arms about the Eagles getting that game. I can't believe it. I, I don't understand it. I, I don't. Nobody was trying to screw them. It wasn't anything of that nature. It's a not an optimal circumstance, but guess what? The opponent was, you know, look at the, if you it, the more important part was, you know, once two thirty came around and you knew, and as Jody points out, you know, Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen and, or Kyle Allen, it's not Montana and young either. Uh, but then when you rule them out, and you got to go with Garrett Gilbert or Gilbert Gottfried or who's eating Gilbert Grape or, yeah, I mean, what, yeah, what else do you want? I mean, I, I said it all week. The ball is on the tee. Just hit it. And they were a little rusty, as you said, in the first quarter. They made some big mistakes that let Washington get out to a lead. But you could see very early, okay, this team's not going to be able to do much offensively. And if you don't give them a short field, things are going to be fine. And that's how it kind of unfolded. Yeah, it was kind of like the final score wasn't an indictment of how much the Eagles dominated that game. No, 
It, it was 2017 in the fourth quarter, and I'm not even worried about it. I'm okay. Well, they can run the ball with this team all day. Jalen Hurts is playing lights out football right now, and I thought the one of uh, his touchdown pass to Greg Ward was probably the best throw I've seen him make since really he's become a starting quarterback in the league. I, I thought it was that impressive, and that that is a throw that franchise quarterbacks make. Throw the franchise quarterbacks make and a damn good catch by the wide receiver. Let's oh, it was great right by Greg Ward. I, oh, I, I credit on that play. Greg Ward. <laughs> I thought you, Jody Mack, as soon as he caught him, Mr. December, Greg Ward. Everybody does. I think Jody got more congratulations than Greg Ward. <laughs> no, not even close. As I told McMullen in the first segment, did you see how many guys came over to high five and dap him after he made that catch on the sidelines? It was a nine yard <laughs> game, it wasn't a game changing play. But he had like 11 teammates come over to congratulate him on the play. He's one of the most popular guys on the team. Needs to be more involved in their offense going forward. By the way, yeah, oh, oh, they want speed at wide receiver. Got to have speed at wide receiver. Well, then why the hell are you running the ball? You know why you're running the ball? Because it's helping you win. And Greg Ward can help you win. Put him out there, Sirianni. Howie uh, the Rose is probably patting himself on the back last night. Jalen Rager had more yards than Justin Jefferson for the first time since week one of last season. Damn, didn't know that stat. That's yeah. why we bring Kyron. He's got these great nugget stats for us. Um, well, and since I'm busting near Nick Zuriani's chops a little bit here, um, fourth quarter, up by seven, uh, fourth and six. They send out the field goal team. Elliott uh, knocked it through. Offsides, Washington. Fourth and one. You've already established that you can run the ball down their throats almost at will. Your offensive line is dominating the point of attack. You got a quarterback who's already taken it in for two <clears> touchdowns <throat> from one yard out. Were you surprised they didn't go for it there to take the points off the board and continue the drive? Yeah, so I defended Nick Sirianni on this, and I'm maybe this is my version of analytics, but it's so basic. You really think Washington can overcome a two-score deficit? Do you yeah, that's where I was, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you really think they can score 20? Because I didn't mind Nick Sirianni go for that because if they don't get it – and look, I thought that as bad as the New York Giants are, I thought they'd still be able to get a fourth and inches against the Cowboys, and it didn't happen on Sunday. So I'm thinking, all right, just take the points. This team isn't scoring 20. There's no way they're getting 20. I didn't mind the call. Yeah, I agree. I was the same point. I, I said the same thing. Make this two scores. And by the way, if you want to nitpick on the defense, I know Jody went the route of the defensive ends who didn't play well. The ensuing drive by Washington, I think that was the worst part of the night for the defense because the game should have been over. Two scores, as you mentioned. And then all of a sudden, you know, you had the the bad pass interference call on Avante Maddox, so that was a big part of it. But that's what happens in this league, and, and that's why it's a concern. So when you say they turn it into 2017, um, I wasn't concerned. You wasn't. You weren't concerned. But in those types of situations, that's where you want to be as a bad football team because then – if what Montez Sweat does in the first quarter happens in the fourth quarter and you get a weird bounce of the football, you can go steal a game. So a little bit concerning uh, about uh, that particular drive from the defensive perspective and allowing a dead Washington team back in the game, at least to have some hope, but then the offense picked them up and that's, that's part of complimentary football. So, 
it still ends up all good. But yeah, that was a bad drive letting up that that Washington team at that point. That was a bad job by that defense. Like you Even throwing give, give, in that pass interference call. And when you said bad pass interference, John, did you mean bad play or bad call? Um, I I didn't see it. I I assume it was a good call. Yeah, I it was. Bad, he, 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 he never saw the ball, and yeah. he made contact. No, I meant bad. Call. Yeah, I meant bad from a perspective of giving it up. Um, you know. In other words, it's it would be really difficult for Washington to go 80 yards on their own or whatever that drive. That drive was 69, so it wasn't that far. But either way, it's very hard for them to go the entire field without getting some help, is my point. Yeah, uh, honestly, John, this is where I think it's been the big conundrum on social media right now. I think there are a lot of people that – would agree you take the points there, but like if you saw Thursday night's game, like Brandon Staley was just too over aggressive. I, I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I never had a problem with him being aggressive, but I'm like, there are times where you got to kick and flat out, they cost his football team Thursday night. And Nick Sirianni would, you know, he'd be damned if that was going to happen to him. And you know, the Eagles lose this game, they're done. Uh, I, I, I don't care. They would have been done. Oh, yeah. They, 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 all the predictive sites had him under 10%. Um, if they lost that game, I know 538 had them at 5% if they lost the game. So it was a, a de facto must-win game. Um, and you're right, you bring up Brandon Staley. That's why I've said Nick Sirianni is the better rookie head coach. It's kind of a battle between those two guys. Not that Brandon is bad, but you got to have a feel for the game. That's got to be part of it as well. Now, typically, if I have Justin Herbert, I, I want to go for it too. But he was a little bit off. If you were watching that game, he yeah, wasn't yeah. his usual accurate self. You've already failed a couple times. At that point, you say, eh, you know, let's take the points. You got to have a feel for for a particular situation on a particular game day. And if your quarterback doesn't have his best stuff, it's like a baseball manager, Jody. You, you might have the greatest pitcher in the world, but sometimes he doesn't have it, and you got to go about things. You got to, you got to, you got to grind through it. Yeah, so there was. But a- I'll, I'll, let me de- de- defend Staley here because I'll use what you guys both just said about the decision Sirianni made last night. You left the points on the board because you're up by ten points because you don't think Washington can score two more yeah. times. You want to get up by two touchdowns. Guess what? I'm playing against Patrick Mahomes. I need sevens. I need That's touchdowns. True. That's true. Too. If I got that, if, I, if I'm yeah, looking across the field and Mahomes is the other quarterback, I can't settle for field goals. He's going to get touchdowns against me. That's why I didn't have a problem with what Staley did. And that's why I had a problem with what Nick Sirianni did. I, I even tweeted about that. I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't Washington just sign Garrett Gilbert on Friday? So you really think Garrett Gilbert's going to go down the field? Like, if you're a rational person, you think he's going to go down the field twice on you and – they're going to make a stop. Well, the Eagles didn't even make it a debate there. They just went right down the field once Washington made it 2017. And that was the ball game essentially. But uh, I, I agree with you, Joey, with the whole Brandon Staley thing, because you are going against Patrick Mahomes. I just think sometimes you need to just take those points. I, I remember I asked him back when the chargers were in Baltimore. I said, look, I, I understand you're down 24 to six. You're going for a fourth and three on your own 19." And he goes, well, you know, you got to understand the situation. And I said, okay, did you understand, you know, you can put all the analytics to me till I'm blue in the face, but 
you didn't take into account that your quarterback might actually miss an open receiver on fourth and three. And I think that that's where the whole thing, it's like what John said, you got to kind of have a feel for it. And Justin Herbert was off that entire day. So I agree with both you guys on that. It's yeah, exactly. And that's what the whole thing's about situations. Jody's right. Typically we talk about, Again, the Eagles won the toss last night. They deferred. Deferred? No! Don't tell me they deferred, John! Now, they should have deferred last night because they're playing a team that can't is offensively challenged and you want the ball in the second half. Now, earlier in the season when they were playing Kansas City, when they were playing Tampa Bay, you don't defer. You you should have the football. But too often, Knicks are in these – told me now we're going to defer because everybody wants the Belichick sandwich, so to speak. You want to score at the end of the first half. You want to score at the beginning of the third quarter. And if you do that, game's over. So I get it. But when you're playing a team where you're outmanned, you want to shorten the game, especially now with what the Eagles are, run first team. So there's room to go away from the, 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 common thinking so to speak but you go on analytics and jeff is right no you got to do this all the time every time no matter who you have no matter who's injured no matter who's on covid and there's both sides that can be right but in that particular instance i thought brandon staley didn't take into account the quarterback was not having his best day and this is only after after you failed a couple times i'm saying at that point then you say all right I got to scale this back. I got to take some points. And in the case of Nick Sirianni, more importantly here, you got to say, okay, they have Garrett Gilbert. I can make this a two-score game. I don't want to risk Jonathan Allen blowing up a play or Deron Payne and give them any hope. I thought I thought it was the right decision. Yeah, and I, I agree with you there. And just because – and, again, I, I think this is the easiest analytic we can predict. And like I said earlier, can this team get 20? And, you know, I, I do this with basketball. Like, if we're up 45 to 20 at halftime, I'm starting to think to myself, okay, if we get the 60, this team has to score 35 points in the second half to catch us. And it, that's just terrible defense. We should be able to score on eight possessions. So that's how I look at things, like, from a basketball perspective. And I think Nick looked at that from a football perspective. Can this team – score 10 points on two possessions. With, how much time was left on the clock when he kicked, John? I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, it was the end of the third quarter. So it was the whole fourth quarter, essentially. I think he, he kicked it with 18 seconds left in the third quarter. Yeah, so it's can this team get 10 points on two possessions? Or here, here's a better one. If we keep scoring, they definitely aren't going to catch us. And I think Nick, in a way, trusts his defense and trusted his offense once they got the ball back to go back down the field and score again. All right, let me run this by both of you two guys. Um, everyone's got an opinion on where the Eagles sit. We're 15 weeks in, 14 games, 7-7, seven and seven, right on the cusp of a playoff spot. Uh, that's the reality of the situation right now. One guy's opinion kind of counts for more than McMullen's, McDonald's, Kerr's, or anybody else's for that matter. Um, how do you think the owner feels about this team right now? the guy who infamously told Doug Peterson, why didn't we pass more? 
against the Green Bay Packers when they had gone into Green Bay and won a game. We know Jeffrey likes the uh, throwing the football in the National Football League in 2021 dynamic uh, and wants to be ahead of the curve rather than behind it. Well, the Eagles are turning back the clock to ground and pound football and they've got a chance to make the postseason in a transition year. How do you think the owner's feeling about this football team right now? I mean, honestly, I, I don't want to speak for Jeffrey Lurie, but... Oh, I'm asking you to. That's I, exactly I mean, what I'm asking you. I'm trying to get you into the mind of Jeffrey Lurie. Oh, how funny would it be, though, if he went... Say, say they don't run for, like, 150 yards, and he'd be like, Nick, why don't you run the ball more? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a 180? But I, I think he does want to have, like, this high-flying Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert passing offense, but... He hired a pretty good head coach here that knows how to adapt to his personnel, said to himself after six or so games, you know what? I know this is what the owner wants, but this isn't what's winning us football games. I'm changing the philosophy here, and I'm going to do what I think is best to get this team in contention in a relatively weak conference. And look what they're doing. They're averaging over 200 rushing yards per game since week eight. I mean, yeah, they are turning back the clock, but it's fun football. For me, this is fun football because this is – fun football for me is stop us. You know, this is what we're doing. We are going to have different formations, different personnel. We got a running quarterback. We got an explosive running back. We got a a battering ram to go with them. We have the best offensive line football. Go up front and stop us. And really no one has done that since Nick Sirianni has – Run the football. You gotta give credit to Jeff Stoutland too. All, you know. Yeah, you think? All, also, also, <laughs> you know, run game coordinator also with offensive line coach. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I I mean, from Jeffrey's perspective, and you have to give Jeffrey a lot of respect to be honest, because number one, it looks like he got another head coaching hire correct. Uh, when a lot of people uh, made fun of him um, for for plucking Nick Sirianni out of relative obscurity, which he's done in the past. And even if you look at, you know, people bring up Chip Kelly, you look at the early years of Chip Kelly, he was successful from a standpoint of, of winning games and getting the team in the playoffs. Um, obviously didn't sustain, but I don't think, I, I think it's a bigger to both of you guys. I think it's bigger. I think it's sort of a, an extension of the Jalen Hurts decision. No, he still wants to throw the football. He still thinks that's the way you win consistently in the modern NFL. I think people also have to pump the brakes and realize, okay, this team is better than most people thought. Maybe not Jody and I. We were right here at the beginning of the season, so I'll toot our horns. Um, They're playing meaningful meaningful football in the transition year, but they're 7-7. and They're a 500 team, and they just got gifted uh, a win by COVID and Garrett Gilbert. So I don't think his long-term philosophy of we need to be the Kansas City Chiefs who win consistently year in and year out. We need to be the New England Patriots with Tom Brady, the high-octane passing offense. That's where you want to get. But I give him credit for letting Nick Sirianni do what he has to do to win on a particular game day. And right now, that's running the football. Um, so it's it's sort of like the long-term question with Jalen Hurts. 
I don't think it's as complicated as people think it is. If they can get better in the offseason, they'll try and get better. If they can get Deshaun Watson, if they can get Russell Wilson, they'll try to get Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. If they think Kenny Pickett is a star, future superstar in this league, they'll try to get Kenny Pickett. If they don't and they can't get the proven they won't, and they'll continue on with Jalen Hurts and try to win games the best way possible. I don't think it's as complicated as people make it out to be. I really don't. This is what I want to know over – and, again, the Baltimore Ravens are kind of proven this theory. Like, you can run the football to the cows come home, but can you win a Super Bowl doing it this way? Like, if I'm just looking at the Indianapolis Colts, for example, what happens when you stop Jonathan Taylor? Is Carson Wentz going to win you a playoff game after what I saw Saturday night? Hell no. So if you somehow stop Miles Sanders, if you stop Jordan Howard, can this quarterback win you a playoff game? I think he can win you a play. I don't, I don't know. It's still too early, but I agree. Yeah, can you win multiple, but can you do it week after week after week? You know, if Patrick Mahomes was the Eagles quarterback, I'd be like, well, this team's going to the Super Bowl just because they can run the football of anybody. Oh, by the way, they have this shiny toy in Patrick Mahomes. That, that's what we have to figure out going forward. Can this team win consistently with Jalen Hurts? And he has a chance to do it over these last couple of games. I know it's just the NFC East, but it's still meaningful football, and every week's a playoff week for this team. It is, and uh, yesterday the Eagles and Jalen Hurts answered the call. He threw for almost 300 yards yeah, great. They, where they were running for uh, 200 and change uh, to get 500 yards of offense. Quarterback's got to get a pretty good chunk of change. Uh, certainly the coach does, the play caller does, uh, the offensive line does. A lot of things go into it, and the fact that they had guys on the outside making plays who don't usually make plays, uh, the balance was there like the, it had not been probably all – Year long, even though they only got 27 points. All right, that'll be the bad guy. <laughs> John and I, uh, a couple of times, a couple of guests we've had on in the last couple of weeks, uh, surprised John when we were talking about Gardner Minshew and the game he had. And almost to a man, everybody said, yeah, but it was against the Jets. <laughs> and as a Jet guy, I got a cop to it. Yeah, they're just a bad football team right now, specifically on the defense side of the ball. Do we have to temper our optimism from last night's Eagles game? Because, number one, Washington's not that good a team to begin with. And number two, it was a COVID-ravaged football team. Do we have to kind of pump the brakes a little bit? Because, yeah, they beat a bad football team last night. I would say they were a bad football team before they were COVID-ravaged. So that's a – and look, you got to take your wins any way you can get them in the NFL. Like They're going to play a Giants team that – is you're going to start Mike Lennon, who has the lowest win percentage for any quarterback that's made 25 starts or more in NFL history, which is insane that that guy's made 25 starts, but I digress. Or you're going with Jake Fromm, who pretty much is not good either. I mean, Giants <laughs> fans are all excited because the guy went like 7 for 12 because Mike Lennon was that big. You should be able to crush this Giants team on Sunday. And I, I know the Eagles didn't do that last time, but you got to take the wins where you can get them. I, I don't care at this point. Get into the playoffs and figure it out. And then we'll worry about, oh, can the Eagles beat the Rams? or The well, the way the Cardinals are playing, the Eagles might beat them. I, I don't know. It's If they can run the ball like this and control the clock like they're doing, they can beat any of these talented teams in the NFC if they don't turn the football over. 
Yeah, I think we've seen, you know, this is the year <clears throat> where you just saw Detroit have the worst record beat the team with the best record at the time. And they didn't just beat them. They beat the you-know-what out of them. Yep. Jody, I'm they telling won. you, man, they're getting better. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they couldn't do that the week before against Denver when I was getting 10 and a half points, whatever it was. Yeah. I got a got the Eagles beat Detroit uh, forty four to six, I I believe, uh, and they had some injury issues that uh, that week as well. Yeah, I mean, they got a break on the schedule. Take advantage of it. I was talking to the two teams that are battling with New Orleans has to play a team that's won six straight games. Uh, the Vikings have to play a, a really good Los Angeles Rams team with no corners. Uh, against the wide, the best wide receiver in football this year. So you got Jake Fromm probably. So I, again, early Christmas. You got one early Christmas gift. Now you're getting spoiled. You're getting two over a five day span. And I said to Jody, "Look, they bring their B minus game. They're going to win both these games. Forget about A game." And I thought they brought their B game last night because they made too many mistakes early in, in the first quarter, but they were able to overcome it because of the opponent. If it's, if that is a good team, if that is Green Bay, if that is um, uh, the LA Rams, the Dallas Cowboys, maybe even the Arizona Cardinals, yeah, you're probably not going to recover from those types of mistakes. And that's the difference. So you take advantage of who's on your schedule. It's not the Eagles fault. And there's a lot of teams in this NFC. I'm curious to see how this Eagles team would stack up against now because Tampa Bay was all of a sudden ravaged with injuries. And, yeah. And I didn't put Tampa Bay in that conversation because of that. I mean, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, uh, who else got hurt there? Mike Evans. Mike um, Evans is out. He's week to week. Fournette's <laughs> out for rest regular. Godwin's done. It's all of a sudden Tom Brady looked like a 44 year old quarterback. Yeah quarterback against a defense that has his number they get him off that spot and it's it's amazing how it, this this is really a good indicator of Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni just went up and down the field against this defense and yep <laughs> five yeah 519 yeah that's amazing amazing you, you guys aren't thinking Le'Veon Belt to the rescue for the Buccaneers <laughs> okay well we'll see uh, Le'Veon's kind of bounced around. He's I think Rashad Perriman will help that team more than Le- uh, Actually, he already has helped that team more than Le'Veon Bell. And Antonio Brown's not getting cut now. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, he, he'll, he'll be uh, hugged back into the lineup this week. All right, uh, let's start the quick look ahead. That's un- the unfortunate thing. And, oh, by the way, John, you tried to eschew all the Eagle fans who complained about last night's game going into last night's game. Oh, they can still complain because you got to turn around and play the Giants on only five days rather than seven days. We'll have to wait till after that <laughs> game. If they beat the Giants by two touchdowns, then you got to completely forget and or re- repeal all the complaining that you did going into it. This Giants team is just that bad. It Ooh. doesn't matter that they've got five days only to prepare for this team. Um, last year, you remember Joe Judge complained about the Eagles not giving maximum effort in the final week of the season, so the Giants couldn't there you know what's into the playoffs. Um, is Joe Judge going to survive this season for the Giants, Jeff Carr? He shouldn't. 
Um, I mean, th- what he's doing now is a complete joke. He's trying to like, even in his press conferences, he's still going with the same old stick. Like, we're going to will and we're going to outwork these guys. And I got to get my punter some reps. And then the next week, Justin Herbert shows his punter. What's a, that? Wait, 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 by that. the way, Jeff, was that a real quote? I meant to look that up. It actually I, was. We wanted to get him. I, I, I'm paraphrasing it, obviously. But he basically. No, I know what you're talking about. Though. Yeah, I didn't know I, somebody was joking on Twitter. Oh, no, or, it. That was as real as it I got to find the transcript. I have it in my email somewhere. But I'm like, oh, my God. He he didn't just say it. He gave an, an explanation. Of, <laughs> you know, he was kicking the ball really well. I'm like, do you – like, did you watch Super Bowl 52? There was one punt. That's a good thing. I don't get Joe Judge on I know you're a special teams coach at heart, but you got to get your punter involved in the game. The only way I want my punter involved in the game is if he botches a snap and runs for 10 yards and first down. <laughs> and then I'd still be mad at him because he botched the snap. But I, I digress. Joe Judge and that team, it's – he's ruined Saquon Barkley. Kenny Galladay's hurt all the time. But what a terrible sign that was. Their offensive line stinks. I thought Will Hernandez was going to be this really good guard for them, and he hasn't. Yeah. Well, Jeff Stoutland, we got to can we talk about Jeff Stoutland for a second? Because, you know, and, and I'll bring it back to Jeffrey Laurie again. We were talking about Jeffrey Laurie. You know, Nick Sirianni had more rope, certainly, than Doug Peterson when it came to uh, putting together his first coaching staff. But if you remember, there was a lot of talk, and I think Bruce Feldman reported. Uh, and anybody who follows college football knows Bruce is as plugged in as it gets. He reported Jeff Stoutland was on his way back to Alabama. He was going to go back to Alabama to coach the offensive line. He loves Nick Saban, loves Alabama. but um, And the Eagles essentially went into Nick Sirianni and said, look, Nick, you got to keep this guy. You got this, this guy's different. This guy's special. And they, they, told him and they convinced Jeff Stoutland to say actually his wife. So Eagles fans should love Jeff Stoutland's wife. <laughs> she didn't want to move back to Alabama. Um, boy, he, he's, I've argued he's the MVP of this team. And it's a little bit when I started hyperbole, it's not hyperbole anymore. It's unbelievable. <clears throat> you go the 1985 Chicago bears before you got on Jeff. They had Walter Payton. They had Walter Payton when they were doing this. <clears throat> I'm getting all choked up. The NFL's all-time leading rusher at one point. Miles Sanders yeah. ain't becoming the NFL's all-time leading rusher. He's not Walter Payton. He's not Walter Payton at all. Jordan Howard was on the practice squad uh, uh, at, for the vast majority of the first half of the season. Um we're down to the fifth and sixth guards. You mentioned Will Hernandez. I went to Monday night because the Bears, and I told this to Jody, Jeff, and I want to get your thoughts. Akeem Hicks just destroyed that offensive line, which has a first-round pick at center, a second-round pick at left guard, a first-round pick at left tackle. They can't block anybody. Jeff Stoutman gets Nate Herbig and Sua Opeta. They don't have Brandon Brooks, Isaac Sayamalu, Landon Dickerson, Jack Driscoll. Oh, they run for 238 yards. How is he not the MVP of this team? 
that that's it. And John, you know what? You brought up exactly my point. I, I'm thinking to myself while I'm watching the Bears Vikings on Monday. I'm thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, the Vikings invest all these resources in their offensive line to protect Kirk Cousins. The only reason their offensive line is competent is because Kirk Cousins knows how to get rid of them. Yeah. That's it. Like the Fal- look at what the Falcons have done. Kill McGarry, um, you know, Lynch, uh, Chris Lynch. Uh, I can't even remember their names. Chris Lindstrom, yeah. yeah. Chris Lindstrom. Like, all these guys, they invested high in, and they're well, not in good either. Andrew Thomas, the Giants. First round, top five pick, second round pick. These teams can't block anybody. The reason Russell Wilson wants out of Seattle is it because he's been playing behind a bad offensive line his entire career. That's what I don't get, like – yeah, you know, I wish Eagles would sell this to teams to be like, oh, by the way, if you're our quarterback, you're never getting hit, ever. Like, one year Carson Wentz got hit. One year. And it's basically the same guys are just more developed now. Sua Opeta, Nate Herbig, Jack Driscoll. They're just – they've gotten all the playing time from last year, and they know how to play in the NFL, and you got to give Jeff Stalin credit for that. It's – I mean, this guy t- turns – Garbage in the gold, uh, you know, the quote Mark Zoom off. It's we think Sua Opeta, oh man, they're gonna struggle. And I'm like, oh wait, that's right, just that one. You right. put Sua Opeta, no offense to Sua, who did a great job and deserves a lot of credit. You put him on the New York Giants or the Atlanta Falcons or the Seattle Seahawks on all these teams that can't find an offensive lineman to save their lives. He's not a player, period. Yeah. Probably not. Let me ask both you guys a Stoutland question because uh, he, like almost every good coach I've ever known, would love a game like last night because not only did the guys do what he taught them to do and the success was there, the production was there, but also there were a couple of mistakes which give him a coaching yeah. moment so that he can get on guys' cases. Opetta took a bad uh, holding penalty, pulled a guy to the ground on a play that uh, was setting up to be really successful and took him backwards. And Mylotta, I'm sure both you guys saw it on TV last night. Did you see his hold? Oh, that was bad, yeah. yeah. That was like a bear hug. He hold. bear hugged the guy. Yeah. Mylotta's still a relatively young guy, but he's not a rookie. He's been on the bench for years. He's finally getting his chance to shine, and he's doing it playing like a pro bowler. He wrapped both arms around yeah. the defense. And by player. the way, that that you was on a that. that was on a fourth and one play, and Jordan Howard converted, and he was downfield. He he had long converted the first yeah. down. That was a really bad penalty. Sometimes you forget Jordan hasn't played the game for a long time because uh, he's so good. Uh, yeah, I mean. You know, it's funny to me with officiating because everybody hates Tony Carrente and Tony was the official <laughs> last night. And, you know, I, I, again, you know, Jody, you probably had the best view because you're watching it on TV. I don't know how many, every replay they showed. Yeah, that was a penalty. Yeah, that was a penalty. Yeah, that was a penalty. So you can blame Tony Carrente or whoever, but I'm, no, I mean, that I was old. The sewer was a whole good job last night. Yeah, they absolutely did a good job. By the way, guys, Mark Sanchez was as bad of an oh my god as he was a quarterback. (laughs) Oh my, how does that guy get the TV? I'm sorry, I don't like to criticize too many people, but you mean to tell me like there there are better like former players that can do this? Like, Akeem Talib's really good. 
we can't get Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson one week. Like, I, I, well, I, it was Tuesday night. I imagine it was different, uh, but I don't know. But I, I luckily I don't have to watch that stuff. You know, when I do watch football, I don't pay attention. Other than Kevin Hart, I love Kevin Harlan. I think yeah, he's Harlan's phenomenal. Good. Is he um, with, is he with Ross now on Westwood One, or are you talking like? Yeah. He, he they, does they use one. they use uh rotating guys on Westwood. Oh, do they? You know who did the game uh Monday night? Jaws. Yeah, I saw Jaws. Yeah, Kevin Harlan and Jaws. So they yeah. use uh, uh Warner does games with them. A bunch of guys uh, rotate in and out. On well, I think night. Kevin still lives in. Uh, he might still live in Maine. He used to do the Timberwolves games uh, back in the day. You know who's a good crew to listen to, and they barely do games, but they're doing the. The Christmas like Joe Davis and Kurt Warner because Joe Davis normally does baseball, but I guess NFL Network gets him to do like those Saturday games. Him and Kurt Warner are pretty good. As a matter of fact, I tweeted this last night. I was going to bring it up. Thank you for beating me to it. Uh, Kevin Kugler, not bad. He's been a radio studio guy forever. They make him into a play-by-play guy. I thought he called a good game. Mark Sanchez couldn't have been worse. Yeah, yeah definitely he, wasn't. Maybe, cool. maybe it was because he's an ex-Eagle and he's an ex-Redskin. They thought he'd bring something different to the table. Ex-Cowboy, he's an ex-Bronco, he's an ex-Jet. Well, we all know what he did with the Jets. <laughs> terrible. He was absolutely god-awful last night. All right, Jeff Kerr, uh, five days away. Eagles in good enough position to just roll the Giants this Sunday down at the link. They should. They should be eight and seven, and hopefully the the Rams do their thing and take care of the Vikings. And I I think the Saints are gonna have a lot of trouble against the Dolphins. So the Eagles may be the number seven seed for two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean the Saints aren't winning four straight games with Taysom Hill playing quarterback. I don't care what the schedule is. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ain't yeah. happening. Yeah, they're, they're going to find a way to lose to, like, the Falcons mm-hmm. or the Panthers down that street. Uh, you know, I, I did the Bills-Panthers game Sunday. I had to pivot, obviously, with the Eagles. If the Panthers could have thrown the ball better, and I don't know if this is more of Cam Newton or just – I don't know why they fired Joe Brady, but they had a shot to beat Buffalo. It was just – they could run the ball. They played solid defense. It's just – Kansas doesn't have an arm anymore. But – I, I yeah. don't know. Matt, Matt Rule's another guy who 
right? You know, he's got the big contract, the massive thing. I don't think they're going to fire him, but things are not going well in, in well, Carolina. Can't a quarterback. I don't know what they were thinking with Darnold. I, I, I still don't get that answer. I don't know why they brought Cam Newton back. And Panthers fans want him back next year. And they're like, oh, it's not Cam's fault. I'm like, well, he's not helping you win here. No, which like, Cam's like fault? Oh, yeah. You might as well go with P.J. Walker at this point. Cam's not making them any better. Jeff Carr, good stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. We'll talk to you next week, brother. Yep, sounds great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Jeff Carr here with us on Birds 365. In case you haven't figured it out, I don't know I don't know that we've mentioned it. Um, this, of course, is our final show of the week. We're going to be off the next two days leading up to Christmas. We'll be back on Monday after the Eagles and the Giants. This show that you're watching right now will re-air uh, well, re-air anytime you want on YouTube, uh, but it will re-air during this time slot tomorrow. So we've got an hour to go today. Yeah, we're going to continue to talk about what they did to the Washington football team last night. Chris Franklin from NJ.com is going to join us coming up less than 20 minutes from now. But yeah, by the end of the show, we'll start to peek ahead because we're not going to have a Thursday, Friday, Birds 365. And before you know it, the Giants will be in town. And, oh, by the way, yeah, if they feel that they need a little revenge and uh, teach Joe Judge a lesson for uh, <laughs> talking about them last year when they didn't give maximum effort, uh, they, this should be a uh, Eagles bloodbath on Sunday against the Giants. But uh, we'll get to that in our second hour right here on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, 
You've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. We are your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys, John McMullen, Jody McDonald. Johnny's working on a low gas tank today. He was up till <laughs> wee hours of the morning finishing up his uh, writing responsibilities. But he got up for you guys this morning to talk about an Eagles victory over the Washington football team in which they rushed for over 200 yards. They are putting historical Philadelphia Eagle numbers up as far as 175 yard games in a row. You got to turn back the clocks to last century when they didn't really pass the ball at all in the National Football League uh, to see these kind of uh, run production games. But oh, by the way, don't let it fly under the radar that Jalen Hurts had a heck of a game last night. He threw for almost 300 yards on a night where they ran for well over 200 yards. You just don't see those kind of mixes. A 200-yard rushing game and a 300-yard passion game. That's exactly what you got out of the Philadelphia Eagles last night. And the quarterback's got to get a lot of credit for that. I uh, gave you this stat at the top of the show, John, and you're not as big a stat devotee as I am, but his average per pass yardage last night was 11.4, the highest of any quarterback in the National Football League. 32 quarterbacks started this past week. The best in the NFL was Jalen Hurts. Numero uno at 11 yards per. He threw for almost 300 yards with only 26 attempts. Do the math. That's 11 and change. That's outstanding. I think he took a major step forward in making a statement that not only is Jalen Hurts the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles right now, Sorry, Gardner Minshew fans. He's going to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles next year, too. Uh, well, I'm not going to go that far because I think it, it delves with things out of uh, Jalen's hands at, and, and the Eagles at particular times. One of them would be, um, and we got plenty of time to talk about this in the offseason, is Deshaun Watson's legal implications, whether you can convince him to consider Philadelphia. Can you convince Russell Wilson to consider Philadelphia, so forth and so on. I have no idea how Andy Weidel and company will look at Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral or any quarterbacks in the NFL draft. So there's a lot of unknowns there. But from what, you know, and we heard it again yesterday, control what you can control from players and coaches, mainly talking about the, the you know, the, the move back of the game till Tuesday. He, he controlled what he controlled on the field last night. You bring up some great numbers. And, look, part of it is, I mean, Jalen Rager's, what was a 34-yard, uh, you know, that's a simple pass. That's a wide receiver screen that, that worked. On the other hand, you know, 
Dallas Goddard's 45-yard uh, reception down the field. Um, great catch by Dallas Goddard. Probably the wrong decision, to be honest. So if you look at these things, and, and Mike, he threw it into double coverage. Dallas just made a great play. Um, you know, so there's there's context. But from my perspective, as I said earlier in the show, the best thing is getting other people involved. That's what great quarterbacks do. That's what that defines Aaron Rodgers. Like I always say, you know, people talk about Devontae Adams, great receiver, great route runner, great. He gets everybody involved. Martez Valdez, Scantling, Alan Lazard, you know, Robert Tunyon was a nobody until he met Aaron Rodgers. Um, He gets everybody involved. Now that Tunyon's heard, it's Mercedes Lewis, who's, I think, 177 years old. Um, It doesn't matter. He gets everybody involved with the offense because they're paying so much attention to Devontae Adams and all that stuff and and how you see it. And that's, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I'm not saying Jalen Hurts has got to be like Aaron Rodgers. But that, to me, defines a, a great quarterback. Can you elevate the people around you? Um, yesterday, he elevated uh, a lot of the the lesser playmakers around him. You know, you have the two constants, and if anything, Dallas Goddard let Jalen Hurts down on a couple of occasions, but he picked him up on other occasions. So, you know, that's part of the complimentary football aspect. But big step forward uh, for Jalen Hurts, no question about it. Coming off his worst game, I think he played his best game. All right, and uh, get get your take on, because this is a key element when we're talking about these last three games, making the playoffs, and also going forward if he's the quarterback of the Eagles next year. He took it in from a yard out twice, give him 10 rushing touchdowns for the year, breaking Michael Vick's quarterback rushing uh, touchdown record as a Philadelphia Eagle. I, I think Shady McCoy, if I remember correctly, Shady definitely had a 15-touchdown season. I think he might add 17 his uh, best year with the Eagles. Uh, so that's the the record out there for Jalen Hurts with three games to go. All he needs is seven to tie Shady. How great would that if he had a 17-touchdown season as a quarterback? That would be unheard of. Um, he only ran the ball okay last night. Um, I don't think he's quite 100% with the ankle just yet um, because we've seen him make bigger plays. He went into a couple of well-advised slides last night because nobody wanted to see him take a major hit in the extra yard or two. Wasn't going to swing the pendulum on the outcome of the game. Um, What did you see when he ran the football last night? Do you think he's still healing from the ankle? Um, I think uh, that that was my other most positive one when I said on the post game show with with D Gun and Mark Parzetta and Devin Caney and uh, what I was on with them is you know for the most part he looked pretty healthy uh, and I thought I would see more limitations if anything um, and he really didn't so uh, but I do think while I say that I do think. The Eagles came in with the game that, with the mentality that, all right, we're going to at least temper some things from a quarterback run standpoint. So I do think they came in with that philosophy and they stuck to it because they could stuck to it. They could stick to it. 
But overall, I think if he was forced to run uh, more, if it was a tighter game, if he didn't, I think he could have run, and I think he would have, and I think it wouldn't have affected him. He looked, he looked relatively fine to me, and you know he was effective as well. I think he finished with thirty-eight yards on eight carries and the two touchdowns. Um, so he was still a big part of the running game. And Nick Sirianni specifically mentioned the backside and how, you know, the Eagles always call them their plus one in the running game because you have to count for Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position. And still today, Jalen Hurts, by the way, leads the Eagles in rushing, not Miles Sanders, still, uh, even with the injury and missing the game. Um, he's, he's tough to deal with in the running game. And people are worried about him and you know it was interesting because jordan howard uh talked and miles sanders both talked and they both said the same thing they obviously didn't get together they both said essentially and i'm paraphrasing you don't see holes like this in nfl games to run through and everybody goes to the offensive line and they should because they're a big part of it and there were some jason kelsey they're already out there there's viral plays he's running downfield he's running with miles sanders which is freaking unbelievable um all all of it is great with the offensive line but Jalen's a big part of that as well opening those holes because everybody's so freaked out that he's going to pull the ball keep it himself and come out that backside. um he is a huge huge part of their running success I, uh, for those of you who didn't watch yesterday's Birds 365, first of all, shame on you. You can make up for it. You can like us today. Uh, feel free to subscribe and share as well. Um, I asked John about Pro Bowl status because the Pro Bowl is going to be announced. They announced a couple guys over the weekend. They're going to put out the whole roster uh, tonight on the NFL Network. And I said, as far as I was concerned, there are two eagle locks. One of which John just mentioned, Jason Kelsey is a lock to make it as a center. And with the season that he's had, Darius, big play, Slay, is also going. Sorry if you don't like me referring to you by your given first name, Darius. Um, but he's going to make a pro ball. Uh, and then there are a bunch of guys that are, I think, debatable. Both John and I think Jordan Mailata actually deserves consideration. There's some other very good left tackles. Trent Williams is the best in football. He's going to get one spot. Does Mylotta get the other one? There are some other guys who have made it before. Not a given, but a shot. John mentioned Lane Johnson, and he's a guy reputation. He's made it three times already. I didn't think he was necessarily up to getting a Pro Bowl spot. He's had a good year. He's had some downtime. He's missed some games, and that's part of it. Availability is still your biggest ability. Um Damn, if he didn't have a good game last night. It was like, how dare McDonald say I'm not a Pro Bowl guy? He went out and just leveled the Washington football team. Fletcher Cox, who I said, if he makes it, it's on reputation only. Fletcher isn't having a Pro Bowl type year. Oh, he damn well looked like a Pro Bowl player last night because he was dominant in the middle of that line. They were sticking it to me last night, John. <laughs> I questioned a couple of guys with reputation who would get in on more previous achievement than what they've done this year. A couple in the trenches guys kind of poked me in the eye last night with their performance. Now, truth be told, it doesn't have any effect on the Pro Bowl status. No. The votes were already in, so they're outstanding games. The other guy who I 
said also make it three for three was Dallas Goddard because uh, Pitts, the rookie tight end from Atlanta, actually has better numbers. We all know Kittle's going to be one of the two tight ends who's going to be the other one. Uh, it's it's a three-man battle for two spots. And I said, well, you know, Pitts has better numbers. I'm not sure. If God... And Goddard goes out and has a career game. So all three of those guys that I questioned yesterday poked me in the eye. Oh, yeah, we're not Pro Bowl players? They all look like Pro Bowl players last night. How many of the three are going to actually get in, John? Well, I said yesterday I'm sticking to it, and a lot of it is because, you know, I've, I've seen guys sort of ruminate about who's making the, the, the Pro Bowl, and they default to guys. So, I mean, it, a lot of it is reputation. If, if we're up to me, um, because you have limited spots, and as you mentioned, Trent Williams and, and Teron Smith, and um, those guys are just like standard bearers. Um, and I think Lane is in that category as well, to a little bit of a lesser degree. People just kind of default to him. And people certainly default to Fletcher Cox um, because he's been doing it for so long. I think uh, those two guys are both going to make it. I think Jordan would deserve to make it this season more uh, than Lane. Remember, Lane missed three games because of the issues he was having as well. So that factors into it as well. Jordan missed a couple games with injury, though, so. Um, they're all deserving. They're all pro bowl level players, even Fletcher Cox. Fletcher had a bad start, but over the past, I would say five, six weeks, it's been pretty exciting. He's played well, um, but you know, he doesn't have a ton of sacks and people look at sacks and the Eagles as a whole don't have a ton of sacks. So that'll hurt him. Um, I haven't looked around the league to see who's having that splash year at, at different positions mainly because I, you know, don't care about the Pro Bowl that much. But like somebody like Trayvon Diggs, I mean, he's making the Pro Bowl because he's got 10 interceptions. Those kind of splash years will, you know, elevate you to the top. So if somebody is having that at a position that's going to affect things, but they're all deserving players. Jake Elliott, I would throw in that conversation as well. So um, Eagles have been better than people expected. And a lot of that has to do with players performing at a high level. High level is seven and seven, which means you're in the playoff conversation. We'll have a conversation with Chris. Chris, <coughs> Excuse me, Chris Franklin. Oh yeah. I got, all I, I got choked up too. earlier. It happens. It happens. Yeah, what were you talking Especially about when, when you got choked up? Stoutland. There's more Stoutland. Of... You get choked up about Stoutland. I get yeah. choked up about Chris Franklin. He's going to join us next here on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Mullen, Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365, and we are joined by a living legend, or at least I'm making him out to be because I get all up whenever I talk about him from NJ.com. Is he crying? I'm sorry. I'm just, just thank you so much for being choked up for me. You know, I heard this. Thank you so much. (laughs) There is no crying in football. (laughs) Fuck up, Franklin. Good job. All right. Thank you, man. Oh, sorry. All right. Uh, CF, uh, if you had to grade the Eagles last night from an A-plus to an F, all things considered, whatever curve you need to grade on because of the the postponement of the game and the uh, quality or lack thereof of the opponent, what kind of grade would you give the Eagles for last night's performance? I'd probably give it a B-minus. And the reason why I do that is I look at the fact that they – it should have been the gap should have been larger than what it was, and especially the fact that they fell into that ten point lead, that ten point deficit. They turned the ball over twice, especially the especially the the, the fluke. I understand the interception was a fluke one, but but not holding two ball two uh, two hands on the ball while climbing the pocket and they fumbled that fumble with Jalen Hurts. Besides that, the way they came back, the way they didn't panic because. Sorry, if I, if I was in that situation, I'm looking like uh, down ten nothing to, and the Joe Webb game starts breaking their mind, and everything else. But I thought overall they came back, they played solidly defensively for the most part. The offense established a run early, and overall I thought it was a B minus. 
Yeah, it's interesting you bring up B minus. I said if the Eagles just forget about their A game, if they bring their B minus game, they'll have no problem <laughs> beating the Washington football team. And by the way, the New York Giants, we'll get to that in a little bit, but uh coming up over a five day span. Um you're right, Chris. I, I mean you look at the final score. And you say, well, they had 519 offensive yards. They're running the football. Will Jalen Hurts had his best game passing, I would argue, the entire year. He's getting other people involved. Jalen Rager's involved. Greg Ward's involved. <laughs> Quez Watkins gets a couple touches. I think that was a positive. Um, but you look up in the fourth quarter, and it was 2017. So if I if I ask you to nitpick, what's what's your biggest nitpicks with this with this game besides that early sloppiness? So we we acknowledge that, but why twenty seventeen? Why did it get to that point early in the fourth quarter? I think they played more passive zone toward the uh, especially in that second half, and they allowed Gilbert to start to find the little parts here and there. Uh, I started to see a little bit. I don't know if it was more of a of trying to keep players fresh for Sunday's game, but you started to see more Teron Jackson, more Milton Williams on the field a little bit. So I think that helped out in what the final score is defensively. Offensively, I, I know that Washington started losing a lot of players in that secondary, but I just would have hammered the ball home as much as possible to try to run the clock a little bit more, get that game over with, get over and out. So I think they started to do that a little bit more and. Obviously, they were converting as well as they did in the first half, toward the end of the first half, on those third downs or some of those drives. So I thought that prolonged things a little bit, kept Washington around a little bit. But I, mean, I, I to be honest, I thought like it was one of those things where it got close, but you didn't feel like they, in that second half, felt like all right, they got close. Like could they find this? But it just seemed like the Eagles had all the momentum toward the end. But I'd probably say those would be the biggest thing that probably they pick on them. Yeah, I didn't see the Eagles even when it got to three. I didn't see them losing that game. I uh, Chris, a couple of weeks now, it's a couple of months ago, uh, Eagles changed as a team from an RPO team to a just flat-out run-the-ball-down-your-throat team. And they did so with Miles Sanders out of the lineup. And both Howard and Boston Cott were dynamite for the Eagles. And Miles Howard came back, and Miles Sanders came back, and some people were like, yeah, sorry. Uh, and Miles, uh, you, you've been Wally Pipped. It's going to be Howard and uh, Scott going forward. Uh, you can grab some good pine time. He's had back-to-back 120-plus yard gains for the team, including a career high 131 last night. The Eagles still need this guy. They have to have this guy. As much as I like Howard, and he had some key runs last night, they need a guy who can make a splash running play every once in a while. And Miles Sanders is the only guy left on his team. Agree or disagree? I agree. He's their biggest. He's their biggest lightning rod. I think it, it, when I look at it, he's the guy who can take. I mean, that one run where it looked like he was bottled up and he bounced it outside and he picked up, I think, like 15, 20 yards on that. That's the type of guy you, you can't give up on a guy. You have to make sure you feed the ball on that. I think he's gotten a lot better ever since he came back from the injury of being a lot more patient and letting the holes develop in front of him. I mean, there were a couple of times that, like he did a little couple, a stutter step right before actually accelerating through the hole to give that line time to open things up. And I think that patience, I think watching how Howard was running, watching how Scott was running, that patience allowed him to just accelerate, like to be, to allow those holes to open up and then accelerate. And you're starting to see the, the benefits of him allowing that to happen. So 
you don't want to say you never want to say an injury helps out anybody at the end. But I think when you look at Miles Sanders, I think that time on the sideline allowed him to see what was being successful for his offense that definitely helped him out for uh, lately in these last few games. I mean, with the career highs and. I think the Eagles and Sanders himself would think like, hey, you know what? Maybe that was worth it for going for the end of the stretch run here. You know, that's interesting, Chris, because you bring up Miles getting a chance to take a step back and watch others perform in this offense behind this offensive line and how successful Jordan Howard was and Boston Scott. Um, Jalen Hurts got an opportunity to do that for lesser time, but he got to watch Gardner Minshew. And against the Jets, and we all acknowledge it's the Jets, and that's the context. But um, he did get other people involved, Gardner, as I was saying. Do you think Jalen took a look at that and said, you know what, I got to maybe mix a few more people in than just Dallas Goddard uh, and Devontae Smith? Because for a while, the passing attack was just Dallas and Devontae. Yeah, I think so, because the Eagles – we're starting to become pretty easy to finish. Like, okay, you see those two guys. Okay, we basically we got them all bottled up. Put a safety, put like go eight nine in the box, and then basically you stop their offense. But I think it, especially with them spreading the ball and warming. I mean, it ripped this guy before lately a lot in the last few weeks. Jalen Rager had a good game last night, and when you get guys like him and Watkins starting to play a lot better. You need this team needs a third option, at least a reliable third option. Or if it becomes a, a third option by a committee, what have you, they need that to make this offense completely open up and open up to all the other elements of it that they have. So I think overall that they, they needed that. And I, I like the way that, that Hertz started distributing the ball a little bit more, making them tougher to defend the pass thing. Because now when you look at it, it's like, okay, we can't put a safety, we can't shade a safety to Devonta Smith all the time, and we can't try to bracket Dallas Goddard. Like, oh, how do we make sure we look at, we got to account for the speed of Rager and Watkins. How do you worry about now the backs as well, too? I mean, I think it, that's that's the one thing I want to see him do a little bit, Hurts do a little bit more, is trying to get those backs a little bit more involved in the passing game. I mean, Sanders, I think, had like two catches, two catches for like 15 yards, something like that. If, just the f- fact, if you could just spread spread the defense out a little bit more and get more of those one-on-ones, I think they they could be a even more dynamic, but I mean, it's hard to believe. Chris, I want to back it up about nine months ago and take us all back to the introductory press conference of Nick Sirianni, which, let's be honest, here in Philadelphia, went over like a fart in church. He didn't, he didn't really handle himself all that well. But one of the things I truly appreciated about what he said that day was, I'm not going to try and put the square peg in the round all. I'm going to come in and evaluate the talent and I'm going to coach and I'm going to build a system that accentuates the players that I have. I love when any coach says that, because I think that's uh, check out Bill Belichick and the many different iterations that he had up there in New England. He coaches to his talent. It helps when you have Tom Brady as your quarterback, but he's done a whole bunch of different things for all those championships. I think every coach should have that philosophy when they take over a team. It's easier said than done. But Sirianni has done just that. He's coached to the talent that he's had this year, and I don't think he's getting enough credit for it. Agree or disagree? I used to thought when I first when I first heard like Sirianni said when he first said that, I'm thinking like, okay, it's just coach speak. It sounds good, and that's just a way to make it say like, okay, I can do whatever. But look, he truly he's truly like believing that, and he's shown it when it comes to the field. I mean, he mentions his brother a lot. 
his, who coaches in college about how he adapted. He won with a spread offense, then a wing T one year, and and I think it was another one, like a real pro style another year. And you hear it's like, okay, he's just saying that because just just say that, but he truly did. I mean, I think if you look at the genesis of what he wanted his his office to be, he wants to be thrown a lot more than what the Eagles have done, but he's noticed and recognized that he has an offensive line that can open holes. He has running backs for, for really truly running backs who can make plays and get positive yards on the field. And he's basically incorporated that around what he truly wants to do. And I think next year, I think we may see a little bit more passing, but for the right now, what Sirianni has done and basically said, Hey, I I got these ingredients. I need to make sure I make the right dish here. It, it was almost like an episode of Chopped where he just had a different – he had stuff that didn't look like they went together. He found a way to mesh it all together, and it worked out well. So I, you have to give credit Sirianni credit for that, and I think he also did to get the rest of the coaching staff as well too because you know somebody had to get in his ear a little bit to say, hey, you know what, ease off the passing a little bit, maybe start focusing on the run. So I think I think Sirianni and the rest of the coach, offensive coaching staff did a good job with that. Uh, is that person the run game coordinator? <laughs> I, I you got some size. You you still have some youth. I got some size in me, but I don't have that youth. So, can you play offensive guard for the Eagles? Because it seems like anybody can. Uh, now we're down to Sue Opata. Who cares? We're going to run for two thirty-eight. Yeah, you know, for me, I I, I don't have – I get blown back. I mean, there's a couple <laughs> of things where uh, Opeta got blown back and, and Jonathan, like, got inside and, like, yeah, that, that would be that ten times worse. But when you look at the way – you can't give enough credit to Jeff Stoutland. I mean, the guy's seen a, a lot of football over his time. I mean, Nick Saban had him on his staff because he believed in the way that he blocked it. He wanted him back because he saw how well he does. And especially when you look at Stoutland, especially when we, when we look at those offensive line, line practices – you see he gets down to every single detail about the angle of how the guy goes, of how – and he and he's not shy about it. I mean, I, I know most offensive line coaches are just – are usually pretty gruff guys and, and, and pretty frank. But to see the, the player – and you think it'll wear over players over time, but the way that he's done that and, and the players still love him. And then I think – I would be surprised if he did the same approach when he came to Nick too, just going, what are we doing – minus a word, and then to say, hey, you know what, let's try to do this a little bit more. I think we have the horses to be able to run the ball well. So I wouldn't be surprised if he said that a little bit, brought that up a little bit, and they came up with some different wrinkles that they haven't shown before, like especially a few weeks ago. And I think overall you have to – I think Stoutland had a big part in that happening. Speaking of showing the love, how about the love that Greg Ward got last night? (laughs) He makes a catch along the sidelines and gets – 12, 14 teammates over to celebrate with him on a nine-yard catch. Then he gets a touchdown, and Lane Johnson's trying to lift him up into the stands. He might be the most popular guy on this team. He's one of. I mean, he's the big he's the big brother of that wide receiver room. I mean, I mean, when you look at his story about how he became he had to convert to from a quarterback at Houston to a wide receiver and he played in the AAF. And he led I mean, he led the team in receptions last year. And that's his part. It's like it's crazy. Like he led the team of receptions last year. We barely see being making an impact on the field this year. I think I don't know. He said he just believed it, kept just basically wanting to be ready at any time it would be called. But he, 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 I think he atoned for a couple of those mistakes he made earlier in the season. I mean, when you look at the pass, the, the Philly special pass 
against San Francisco. When you look at the uh, drop he had a couple weeks ago at, near the goal line, I think he finally it finally something went his way. And I don't know if that's one of the things where a team was finally happy to see that and just basically the type of guy he is. So I think it was more of that. But overall, I think for what he is as one of your reserve guys, like a wide receiver four or five on this roster and, and a contributor in special teams, stuff like that for it, yeah, I think I think he uh, team rallied around that. And he's got a little Chris Carter in him, a very little, but he's got uh, <laughs> three touchdowns and four catches this year. It would have been he had two catches. Uh, all he does is catch touchdowns. Um, isn't it more important, though, the fact that Jalen Rager got involved? So we look at that two-play um, sequence, which really sealed the game for the Eagles. You had the, the wide receiver screen to Rager, which went for 34 yards. And then you had the touchdown to Greg Ward. Um, they need Jalen Rager involved in this offense because they don't have anybody else. What does it mean to get him some confidence, get him some touches, get him involved, get him going back in the right direction? Because let's be honest, Chris, we're there every day. He, he was struggling with some confidence issues, no matter what he says. And that was key. I mean, so, so, so not only do you drop those two passes against the giants, you had that mistake on the kickoff return. You come out on punt returns. I mean, I don't know if it came across with a TV copy, but he was being booed a lot. Oh, yeah. Every oh, time yeah. he came out there, they announced Jalen Rager and he was getting booed a lot. So, I think just those little simple things. I think when he ran that slant, I think I believe it was a slant, but when they gave him that little short passes and he was able to turn it up and make that, I think that was key. And it just appears like he, I think, appears like that's going to be the type of player he is. I mean, it's, I know it's basically saying, oh, wow, if anybody has confidence, they can do well. But I think for him, truly, it's one of those things where he needs that. And, and if one thing goes bad, it, it just starts to start a chain reaction of stuff continuing to go bad. So, I think that's huge for them. They need a guy. They need they need a, a true speed, a consistent speed threat. Because you see Watkins and he does some stuff here and there that's good, but you, you see pretty much they just try to go Watkins downfield. They need a guy who can not only be that threat on those jet sweeps, not only be the guy who could be a wide receiver screen guy, but who could run all the routes on that tree. He knows how to do that. It's a matter of consistency with him. So if he keeps that confidence going and he could consistently play well that's going to be huge for this offense. All right, Chris. Over the last four days, the four NFC East teams have played each other, and the Eagles easily handled is one way to describe it last night, the Washington football team. And on Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys easily handled the New York Giants. Well, the Giants are coming in here to Philadelphia in five days. And if you compare those two games, you'd say, well, the Eagles are easily going to handle the Giants except turn back the clock 16 days and the Giants beat the Eagles. So give me your read on what needs to be done, how the matchup looks like right now. Has anything significantly changed in those 16 going forward to 21 days that can uh, deter the Eagles from continuing to win games in their division? I want to see. I think the Eagles should win this game, but – I'm a little worried when it comes to that. I really think the rest thing plays a factor in this, especially their physical team. We mentioned we always talk about the run game. That takes a toll not only on the linemen, that takes a toll on the running backs too. And it looked like, it appeared like 
the Eagles almost used it as a in like a baseball. They wanted to use Sanders a lot early on, but then they brought Jordan Howard to be the closer, and that's why we didn't see Sanders much in the fourth quarter, and they wanted to just keep him rested. So I'm I'm more worried about that because you'll have the Giants on normal rest. The Eagles still link filling the effects from Tuesday's game. The other thing I'm worried about is the, is the fear of the unknown. With Jake, if Jake Fromm is given, which he should be compared to Mike Glennon, he should be given a starting <laughs> job up in in there. And I see, I don't know what it is about it, but it just seems like the the Eagles have not had an answer for quarterbacks who get the ball out quickly, who throw it accurately, and they just and they continue to attack underneath. And I just have that feeling that well, also had the fact that the Eagles have given up the most amount of yards and receptions, I believe, to tight ends this year. And then you have Evan Ingram on the other sideline. So I think it's going to be one of those, I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people think. I think it's like the Eagles win, but just feel like this game is going to be a lot closer and pretty uncomfortable into the fourth quarter, even if it's a home game, just because it's wow. the Giants and Eagles. So, yeah. If there's a big tight end play to be made, Evan Ingram will drop the ball. He'll make <laughs> a bunch of catches leading up to that. But when the game's on the line, Evan Kyle, Kyle Rudolph will catch it. I don't know if he's healthy, though, Kyle Rudolph. He's got those big Mickey Mouse hands with the yellow <laughs> gloves. Um, but, uh, I, I, you know, you mentioned tweaks a little bit before, Chris, and I saw three interesting tweaks um, with the extra time. The Slay was the obvious one, uh, which, you know, worked pretty well as a decoy. Uh then they tried to steal from the Ravens, trying to get them to come offside on that potential two-point conversion. So Nick always talks about watching other games, texting with the coaches. We love ball, blah, blah, blah. And then Fletcher Cox was at defensive end uh, when he got uh, the sack of uh, uh, Garrett Gilbert, Gilbert Grape, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> uh, it, it, interesting tweaks. Uh, with the extra time from the coaching staff, is that uh, is that a positive for you, or you just kind of take as 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 just hey, we're bored, let's try some different oh, things. <laughs> I, I why not? I mean, I think everybody knows the team's not going to the Super Bowl, but you just want to. I think this year, I think was the year that it was like it's almost like a proving ground, just to try some things. I I actually kind of like the Fletcher Cox one at the end part because I think. He's it's more of a run defense guy. I know he's going to love being the inside like that three technique and trying to rush up the middle, but just to give a different look, especially if they're if you have a tackle that's a little slower getting on a get get up. I think Cox has a little bit of quickness to actually make an impact. And if you get him, uh, say Hassan Ridgeway and Javon Hargrave on there, and you just if a team's just bad against a uh, bull rush and you got those three going in it, I don't I don't mind that tweak. Uh, going back to the timeout, I saw it this week and I'm sitting like. And then when the Eagles came up and did, I was like, oh, they're calling a freeze play. Oh, they're calling a freeze. They're just trying to do this. It, it's it's smart. The only thing I didn't like about it is it, you, they had to burn a timeout, and I thought that if they made that stop down there, they could have had a time to try to get a, another field goal before the half because they only had the two instead of the three, so I thought that was impactful. The Darius Slay one, I wouldn't be surprised if they come back to that. And the reason why I say it, without giving out way too much, I'm working on a story about Slay, but when it comes to Ithawamba Community College, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, so I apologize. What, where would you just say? <laughs> Ithawamba Community College. It's in Northeast Louisiana. He was he was very good. I mean, we've heard him talking about, oh, he's a receiver. I could. Yeah, he was really good. And they say, hey, maybe you should go to cornerback a little bit more. And but 
there was a, a game they had against one of the division rivals, and he ran a bubble screen. And he took it to the house after that. So he has, we all know the speed he has. I mean, he showed that on that fumble, that, 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 that country, I'll never forget that on the country fumble. Country fumble, <laughs> fumble. I love that. Yeah, yeah that crazy Yeah. It was great. So would they put it on tape just to get teams to worry about it? Sure. But I wouldn't be surprised. He, he can run the ball, but he can catch the ball out that little backfield and that little weird loop motion. I could potentially see them using that down a lot. If it comes down to it, and uh, say if they need, if that Dallas game means something at the yeah. end, you throw it out there to try to really, really confuse them. I mean, all, all hands will be on deck. I see them using it. All right, uh, Chris, last one for me. And uh, we're going to put you to the test the same way I uh, kind of held John's feet to the fire earlier for something that, in one way, means a great deal. And another way means absolutely nothing. And that's Pro Bowl selection. Um, it's funny because uh, John and I talked about that. the drop ball by Goddard last night that went off his foot and up in the air. And nobody knew it was an interception, including the referee. And then somebody goes, hey, I think he picked that off. <laughs> the ball. That'll go down as a interception for Jalen Rager for the rest of his career. He had nothing to do with it being intercepted, but it's an interception. Kind of the same thing with Pro Bowls. Two years from now, four years from now, eight years from now, we'll look at somebody and go, ooh, a four-time Pro Bowler. But we won't break it down. Did they make it as a third choice, a fourth choice? Well, this guy was out. No, you're just either a Pro Bowler or a non-Pro Bowler. And we evaluate guys' entire careers, at least in part, on, ooh, how many Pro Bowls did they make? So there is some importance to it. How many Eagles are going to make this Pro Bowl first selection? Yeah, there'll be guys who will back off and then they'll get in. If they want to know, you got to wait till it's all over and said and done with. And then I think they have 80 guys altogether who make the Pro Bowl because <laughs> there are so many replacements. But as of tonight, when they make the announcements, how many Eagles are going to get the Pro Bowl not? That's what I was going to go originally, too, because like there's going to be a lot of guys that are about like, oh, I get the I get the Pro Bowl bonus and I get the gifts that come with it, the trip. Eh, I won't play. Well, perfect that. I go Darius Slay. I go Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata. I'll go with um, pro, uh, I think El- something tells you Elliot's not going. It's not going to get in, but I- I'll stick with those four. I'll stick with those four. I think the offensive line is well represented. And then they throw in Slay on the other side. Oh, Hargrave. Good job, Chris. Hard Javon Hargrave. Yeah, Hargrave. I think they five. Yeah. Hargrave I think they, over right. Fletcher. I think, right. I think, oh, yeah. I think, even though I know most uh, guys are just going to look, okay, let's, let's go over its reputation. Because you always see the reputation guys getting yeah, in for some guys. I, Fletcher's, I, I got Fletcher still with the advantage over Javon mm-hmm. because of reputation. But yeah. I think, I think it's going to be one of those things where people look like, wait, who's leading sacks? Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. That's the thing. Wait, now, if I told stuff. you. And I'm, you know, but I'm going to tell you. So last one for me, uh, Chris, and before I say it, uh, read Chris and, and our friend Mike K at NJ.com. Mm-hmm. They do a tremendous job. And his upcoming um, article about what's the community yeah, college again? In, in the Wamba. It's the Wamba in northeast Louisiana. One of those places. <laughs> okay. We're on the lookout for that one. <laughs> now I lost my chair. Oh, I got it back. Um, tackle. If I told, well, Trent Williams exists. Uh, Tyron Smith exists. So if you can only get one of the two, Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, 
who you're going with. Reputation or, you know, everybody loves Jordan Mylotta. Great story. Uh, you know, a thousand stories written about it. Which one of those two guys you lean towards? That's tough. I'll go Lane because as much as Jordan's been dominant on the left side, I don't see that many dominant guys on the like I I just don't see that many dominant right tackles. And I'll say people are gonna say, Oh, right tackle's not left tackle's more important, you protect the blind side. But truly when you look at the amount of yards the Eagles are able to get on that right side, and I think Jordan's helped a little bit more where you have Landon Dickerson there. So you have that much beef on there. So you get the road grade. So if it comes to the rushing numbers and they're all doing that outside zone step and they all get behind it, I think he's benefited. When you look at what Lane's doing, I know he missed the games, but he did that next to, he had Brandon Brooks for a little bit. Who's gone. You have Jack Driscoll who's gone. Then you throw in, Oh goodness. Now I'm going to make myself look stupid because I'm having a, uh, mental lapse right now. Nate, 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 Nate Herbig, thank you. Yeah, Landon, Nate Herbig for that one too. Well, thank you. Landon was playing. Landon <laughs> was playing right guard before he had, he had to move to left time. guard when Isaac. So yeah, yeah we're down one of his worst games. Yeah, fourth right guard. Fourth. Yeah. yeah. You're able to do that. You're helping the guy next to you so much. You're still playing at a very high level. You're doing well when it comes to your pass protection. You're running that much. I think I'm talking to myself even more and more into this. Yeah, right, <laughs> Lane. Well, Lane on that one too. When it comes to that. Chris, great stuff. We appreciate whenever you do come on. Thank you much. I'll try not to get choked up the next time you do it, join the show. But uh, thanks for hopping on us today, bud. Thank you guys very much. Make sure you get Kleenex as a sponsor because this is really yeah. tough. You know, the tops. <laughs> <laughs> I'll thanks. send the box to Kleenex, your house. Yes. Thank We're you. I hope we do get Kleenex as a sponsor, by the way. That'll be great. <laughs> great stuff. That's Chris thanks, Franklin guys. from NJ.com here with us on Birds. 365. All right, final segment coming up. We need to put a bow on the show. We need to put a bow on the Washington football team. Only they're going to be back. We're going to be down there in just 11 days taking on Washington. Uh, Giants coming up this Sunday. We got to at least take a peek at that game because it's the final segment of Birds 365 before the holidays. Come right back. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees. Donated or installed for free, 
by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Mac and Mac guy, last segment before we hit the holidays. Uh, in case uh, you didn't uh, hear us say it over the last couple of days, uh, Jacob Media uh, you, uh, YouTube channel has uh, told us uh, take the next couple of days, guys, leading up to the holidays, which we appreciate. We'll miss talking to you guys, uh, but we will be back after the holidays on Monday after the Eagles beat the New York Football Giants, or will they? Any fear of Jeff Fromm? Jeff Fromm. No, because we're calling him Jeff, so no fear whatsoever. Um, no, no. By the way, Je- uh, Joe Judge is going to do a Zoom conference call with us this morning. So is he? Unfortunately, I won't be on Birds 365 to talk about it tomorrow. But, um, yeah, it's going to be – I assume Jake Fromm is going to start. He's probably not going to say it. Um but you mean Mike, he's going to go for that competitive advantage just like Nick Sirianni? Yeah, play those big, cards close to the vest? Big competitive advantage. I guess he can't be worse than Mike Lennon. So, um, you know, Chris Franklin said, you fear the unknown. I'm going to say, I'm going to pick door number three. I don't fear the known. I don't fear the unknown. It's Jake Brom. Enjoy it. Again, Merry Christmas. Uh, there you go. There's your gift, Eagles fans. Agreed. And because the Eagles game got moved two days, I specifically zeroed in on the Cowboys and the Washington football team, which, by the way, and uh, guilty as charged John McMullen, um, the Cowboy defense is playing much improved. Michael Parsons has a chance to win defensive player of the year, not defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year. But the Cowboy offense has all of a sudden got pedestrian. While you give credit to the improved Cowboy defense, that Cowboy offense against a not very good uh, Eagles, uh, excuse me, Giants defense, didn't do anything to uh, excite yeah, Dak me. Hasn't, Dak hasn't been playing 
well recently. And then you have the new breed. The receivers are so good, but boy, I got to tell you, you got this new breed of receiver. They make plays, but they drop a lot of balls. C.D. Lamb is, he drops a lot of passes, uh, but he makes big plays. And right. Omari Cooper's a great route runner. You know, they're better with uh, Pollard got back. You know, he's, I think, their most underrated player. I think he's a big part of their offense. And when he was out, that 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 hurt him a little bit. The offensive lines probably it's good. It's it's probably a little bit overblown or overrated because they've been good for so long. Zach Martin's still Zach Martin. Uh, I don't think Tyrone Smith is what he once was, but um, you know the center they used to have Travis Frederick. He he was really good. The new center um, is not nearly as good. Uh, Lael Collins has been in and out of the lineup, but they have a ton of talent, man. They have a ton of talent. So if they put it together on a particular day, and you mentioned Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons has been tremendous, but he's not going to win Defensive Player of the Year. And this is why, Jody, because he's going to split votes with other Cowboy people with Trayvon Diggs. And I haven't even brought up to Marcus Lawrence's back and Randy Gregory as long as he stays away from being suspended again. That guy has been a monster. They're really, really talented. Yeah, I don't think they're as talented as the Packers. I don't think they're as talented as the Buccaneers. I don't think they're as talented as the Cardinals or the Rams. I think they're the fifth most talented team in the NFC. If everyone's healthy. They're the fifth best, but I think their talent is... They're bet they they haven't reached their talent level. Their talent, just individual talent, like the Packers to me are a better team. Like they they're fused better. They're probably better coached. They have the better quarterback, but talent player for man, the Cowboys they they might be, they might have the most talented roster in the NFL. Yeah, uh, you've said that a couple times now, and I just don't agree with it. But that's okay because we I don't. There's some egos. It's first three sixty-five. I think we're putting on some green-colored glasses. That's that's a good team. I don't know what green-colored glasses has to do with Dallas. Well, if you're I'm like giving... the Eagles, you hate Dallas. Well, no, I'm giving you my honest <laughs> opinion on what I think the Dallas Cowboys are on, and we don't have to worry about them for eleven days. Got to get through the Giants first. Uh, I we won't be on yeah, wait, the game. You don't think they can lose to the Giants, can they? Yeah, I didn't think the first time. That's what people bring up. They, well, you didn't think they could beat them the first time. Um, you're right uh, to those critics. I didn't think the Eagles could lose to them. Um, at least uh, they had Daniel Jones at that point. That was the game that Daniel Jones was injured in. And I think people who listen to the show and watch us know that neither of us are big Daniel Jones fans. You lesser than me, but neither of us are big Daniel Jones fans. He's still a heck of a lot better than Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm. Beware so. the Fromm. I'm, t- yeah. just, I'm just Beware saying. Beware the uncertainty. Beware the Fromm. It, it could be a little bit scary, but the Eagles should, and I think they yeah. will beat the Giants. Uh, follow Johnny Mac on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle again? At JF McMullen. And right there, uh, at Jody truly, MacMan. At Jody MacMan, because both of us will be making picks on Twitter since we can't make them here on Birds 365 because we're off. That's Christmas Eve. We want to wish everyone out there, all, all our loyal followers, streamers, 
those who uh, jump on and give us the comments, thank you very much. I enjoy reading them. Uh, we probably should uh, respond to them on the air a little bit more than we do. But then if you respond to one and don't respond to another, you just tick somebody off. That's why I don't respond to them all that much. But we do appreciate all you guys. Everybody at the Jacob Media YouTube channel want to wish everyone a very happy holiday season. And John and I will be back Monday after the Eagles and the Giants right here on Birds 365. Happy holidays, everybody. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.